0: Welcome to the world of Rex. This is Marvel A-Rex here with the energies for the week of November 21st to November 27th. We are going to be on with Halo Rossetti. right after I do the Weekly Energies, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be a really fun episode. As always, Halo is such a gift of a human being and more, and we have a lovely synchronicity here because we're going to be talking a lot about death, the afterlife, the liminal in-between world spaces, and this week marks sort of the end of of a death cycle that we've collectively gone through with the eclipses happening in spooky, gothy Scorpio And we're moving into Sag season. I can hear all of the fire signs and all of the Sagittarius is being like, it's my time. It's Britney, bitch. Britney Spears is a full-blown Sagittarius. So it's Britney, bitch. We're heading right into it. So wonderful that Halo and I are going to be able to talk about this stuff. It's all going to really tie in nicely. So I hope you enjoy the entire episode. On that note, I'm going to move through the energies of the week quickly so that we can really dive in with halo because halo and i are going to do some processing around how intense how intense this eclipse season was period halo and i are both cancer risings and anyone who's a cancer rising or a cancer sun we reflect the collective back to the collective we are giant psychic mirrors so we're going to be reflecting for you what our experiences were i think it's going to be super fun super interesting and I hope you enjoy. Okay, so we're going to start out with some of my notes for this week, November 21st to 27th. So this week has a very spiritualized quality to it. What do I mean by that? I mean that there is a lot of opportunity to get downloads, to talk to God directly, or talk to whoever you understand a higher power or the numinous as. This spiritual energy is going to be super important because we're going to acknowledge the endings of eclipse season with the buoy of this spiritual energy, okay? It's time to deepen our spiritual fortitude beginning this week with a lot of optimism from that Britney Spears Sag energy that's like, look, I went through hell and I'm still here and I'm having a great time on my Instagram. That optimistic energy is going to be really helpful and we have a damn lucky new moon, on Wednesday, to palate cleanse the dearth of stuff that came up from the Scorpio and Taurus lunations that were really, honestly, pretty gnarly. Uh, I almost want to talk a little bit about mundane or worldly astrology, because so much happened that was so literal for the astrology. We had a lot of the stuff with uh, Twitter, Elon Musk. That is the Mars-Gemini retrograde story, so for any of the geeky astrology people... All of Twitter and Elon is all, that's a literal manifestation of Mars going backwards in Gemini, um, causing a lot of havoc. I also just watched the Wakanda movie, uh, Wakanda Forever Black Panther. And, you know, the bad guy, quote unquote, the uh, antihero or uh, nemesis is a winged baddie. And we all know, for those who've studied Greek or Roman mythology, that Mercury, or Hermes, is a winged messenger. And so Mars retrograding in Gemini would be this, like, dangerous version of of Hermes. So if you watch Black Panther, you'll see a really dangerous version of Hermes throughout the entire film. So I was just laughing as I was watching because, you know, movies come out and often reflect the astrology of what's coming out, including Avatar 2, which, by the way, the first Avatar was released on a Jupiter and Neptune conjunction. And here's the second one being released on a Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in Pisces, which rules underwater worlds. You can't make it up. Uh, so that's just a little bit of the geeky stuff before I move into the energy of the week. As you can tell, I'm a lot more buoyant than I was when I recorded last week, and that is definitely the sage energy. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you to all the Sages for lighting a fire. The thing that happens in this week that is an archetypal transition, it happens every year, and it's more intensely felt in the Northern Hemisphere because in the Northern Hemisphere, The lights are literally dying in Scorpio season, like the lights going out. And especially during eclipse season, so October 20th to November 20th, when we entered Scorpio season with eclipses, things were dying. Things were dying like big time in our lives. So there's a huge letting go that we're still reeling from. But what happens, the beauty of this moment is that in Sagittarius season, it's like in Lord of the Rings when they light the fires on the hillsides to announce that, like, you know, uh, there's a, a war that's about to be fought. Sagittarius is the sign that's like, I am preparing for winter. I'm lighting the light because we are in winter now and we need that candle to burn through the cold time ahead. You know, even living in LA, I have noticed, you know, that it gets cold. It does actually get cold here. I mean, you know, everything's relative, but it gets cold. And the Sag energy is so wonderful because in the midst of all the death of Scorpio season, we get a, a candle gets lit the day that the sun moves into Sagittarius. There's literally hope. There's hope that we will survive the winter. Back in the day, pre-tech, pre this level of technology, people really did pray. They prayed during Libra and Scorpio season to stay alive during the winter. And Sagittarius season is this profound moment where it's like, we need to have hope that we will survive through the winter. So please take that on like more of a psychological level for yourself personally than literal. Just the idea that like, okay, a lot of things died and were composted during the eclipse season. A lot of folks probably felt really jolted and really thrown by some events that happened in October between October 25th and November 8th a give or take a few days on either side of those dates and now Sag season comes in and is like let's light the candle of hope that whatever you are being asked to transform and change in your life and face the music of you can do so with like a great deal of Jupiterian gusto That's what Sagittarius gives us. He's ruled by Jupiter. The sign is ruled by Jupiter, which is the sign of like, jolly good luck. It's Tigger energy. It's like, you can do this. You can survive and not only survive, you can go on it. Now it's time to embark on the hero's journey. In the Southern Hemisphere, it's more like an actual hero's journey out in the world because it's summertime. It's like, wow, amazing. Here we go. And in the Northern Hemisphere, it's more of an internal journey that you're going on now. But you're you're starting to take off or depart from the grave site that is Scorpio. So there is new hope ahead this week. I really love it. Some of my notes were that, you know, we roll into Monday still with that Mars-Neptune square. So Monday and Tuesday with the new moon or with a waning moon in Scorpio. Right? I was just talking about Scorpio. When we have this waning moon in Scorpio Monday, Tuesday, you can still feel the gravesite. You can still feel the mourning and the grieving and the pain. And really think back to what was going on around October 25th because that's reverberating on Monday and Tuesday. Bringing us back to themes that we have to revisit in our relationship to all things Scorpio, which is sex, death, taxes, fears, psychology, shared resources, and sexuality that were shifted during the eclipse cycle, October 25th to November 8th. So we are looking back at all of the grieving processes at the top of the week, Monday, Tuesday. That's why Halo and I talking about death is actually like a very great thing to listen. It's great to listen to this podcast on Monday and Tuesday because we're going to dive deep into death, loss, grief, et cetera. Liminal spaces, spaces that don't quite fit into a sense of being alive or being dead. We're all going to talk about that. So exciting. That's Monday, Tuesday. That's the tone. And you know, Mars is squaring Neptune and Jupiter's trining the sun. So it's a little bit of a mixed Mary Poppins bag of tricks and gifts. So there is hope. And I want you to imagine that Monday, Tuesday, there's like a crack of light in the dark cave. So Scorpio season during the eclipses, you could have felt like you were in the dark for some reason in some area of your life. And this week, Monday, Tuesday, there's a crack in the, in the, there's like a light, like something all of a sudden you're able to see a a tiny light on Monday and Tuesday. By Wednesday, which is the new moon in Sagittarius, things really shift. So if you're planning this week energetically, Wednesday, the 23rd of November is a beautiful day. A beautiful day. November 23rd. I love it. This is one of my favorite new moons of the year, especially in conjunction with it falling after two really gnarly eclipses. The October 25th new moon in Scorpio was just gnarly. It wasn't awesome, in my opinion. And whatever, you know, however you feel about it, but that was a crunchier time. Venus was in her fall. Now we have a new moon, and we have the new moon following a Jupiter that is so happy. The ruler of the moon is Jupiter in Sagittarius. So we have this really happy Jupiter in the end degrees of Pisces that's like, yes, let's go. So Wednesday, even though Monday, Tuesday could still feel a little bit like you you can see the light in the cave, but there's like still some baddies and monsters in the cave— Wednesday rolls around and that's this is the day to work with this week like if you have an intention, if you have a dream, if you have something that you're like I want to like light a fire in this area of my life that's like a like a fire that will inspire myself and other people and help me expand that's the key word for Jupiter is expand Wednesday's the day I also like Thursday and Friday all three of those days monday tuesday you're it's that waning moon in scorpio so you're still being asked to release some stuff the mars neptune square and the jupiter trying the sun can feel like honestly because there's a lot of water energy in the sky right now the archetypal element is water and water can feel really you know it's very deep feeling there's a lot of emotions there water is the emotions because of the squirt Mars, this could be like really challenging emotions that you have to navigate on Monday and Tuesday. So this is a time where the spiritual fortitude is really important to not let yourself drown in the amount of water that is present in the sky on Monday and Tuesday. So I would re- just recommend like prayer, spending time in literal bodies of water to transmute that energy, but also not letting your emotions overwhelm you. And you know, I... St- don't really love monday and tuesday for like communication for clear communication there's still too much water there's too much emotions and when you try to have a logical conversation when you are at the height of an emotional state it doesn't really work out most of the time so i would let that new moon bask you know bask in that new moon wednesday thursday friday to the weekend before you start to really have these conversations that feel uplifting optimistic clear moving forward right there's not a lot of moving forward energy on monday tuesday it's more like you're you're still grieving you're still figuring out what the hell's going on and the energy looks a little bit like a ping pong uh or uh, pinball machine i it looks like it's kind of all over the place monday tuesday and that's a little bit of detritus from the weekend prior so that's what's going on um I love the Wednesday. Oh my gosh. I just love, hallelujah. I wrote hallelujah in my notes for the Sagittarius new moon. So hallelujah, like praise all of it, all the gods and goddesses, because Sagittarius is a very mythologically oriented sign. It's the centaur. And this is a time where we can really shoot an arrow through some aspect of our life. Even though Mars is retrograde and we're all learning how to slow down, this new moon is like, you know what? amidst all of the bullshit there's hope there's hope you can move forward you can create a new version of yourself Sagittarius is boundless it has a boundless enthusiasm and that's the marker of a Sag they're almost like people sometimes think that they're just naive because they're like boundlessly optimistic even in dark experiences that's the whole point of the candle being lit in the middle of winter so think about, I talked last week about uh, restriction and keeping the light bulb on, and this is another, a great second week to apply restriction where you can feel the joy of Sagittarius and engage in your desires and pleasures in measure to keep that candle lit for all of winter. So really having measure around what you enjoy. The shadow side of Sagittarius, to be very clear about this new moon, is that you go overboard you don't see the red flags. You're just like, it's all good. No worries. I'm going to skip the details because it looks so good. Just restrict a little bit. Feel the goodness, feel the optimism, and then also be like, and how can I kind of take this slow? Sag wants to shoot forward like an arrow and you can do that this week and next week with this beautiful new moon energy. However, make sure that you're shooting at the target you want to be shooting at, right? That's the thing, okay? Uh, <laughs> you really want to know where you're aiming that that bow and arrow because it's got a lot of oomph behind it. So I love that Wednesday. Overall, I think we really need it because there's been a lot of letting go. I'm going to read the Elias Lonsdale Inside Degree for the new moon. I'm reading Sagittarius 2 because this is... Uh, The new moon's happening kind of late in the minutes of one degrees, so I'm going to shift to two Sagittarius, and the symbol is many iris blooming in a wide variety of colors. So we already have like a symbol of rebirth, we have a symbol of like flowers blooming that's beautiful, and in a wide variety of colors, like a rainbow. A vast multiplicity of vantage points, ways of being, complete identities. Fabulously suggestible and impressionable, impressionable, fanning out in all directions, becoming one with everything. Desiring and needing to bring forth each self you have been, every fancy you are filled with, you are impetuous, outrageous, and irrepressible. Freedom at all costs. Oh, ain't that, that that's a sad word, is freedom. The U.S. is a Sagittarius rising, by the way. Um, <laughs> the, mo- the moment prevails, ferment and flux, a great difficulty in holding steady, perpetual adolescent rebellion, and the magnificent ability to become absolutely anything. Experience is tantamount. Your deepest need is to embrace your astounding nature and let it be free, despite all signs to the contrary. So I love that. Super optimistic. There is a great deal of spirituality laden into Sagittarius. The reason Sagittarius can have so much optimism is because it has a higher faith or belief in something greater than itself. So there is a mystical quality to the Centaur, and I want everyone to try to embody that this week, or or call it in, like call in, rising above just your ego. You can still go towards an expansion, but like expand beyond the the like telenovela of your mind that's what Sagittarius is so good at it's like look there's so much possible very uh fire signs tend to be very social so the energy coming out of Scorpio's depths and into Sagittarius's bright light is going to feel a lot more social so I recommend just like leaning into more social processes if that feels good for you right now just talk to people like get to know people and go out and and in, and there is a degree of indulgence here, but with restriction, okay? Because we are transforming whatever came up between October 25th and November 8th. That's still really important for us to be working with. Sagittarius just gives us a little bit of velocity so we don't feel so stuck in the mud, which is very much a Scorpio uh, allegory, <laughs> getting stuck in the mud. So we're moving out of that there's some sort of buoyancy here and and even good luck can happen for folks when you thought all hope was lost in October and early November so yeah that's the week ahead the we- the weekend is still riding high on that sage new moon friday does bring us a capricorn moon which is okay i still really like it you know sunday has a moon pluto conjunction so it's a little bit more intense but you know the weekend should still be there's some sort of glimmer of hope something has been catalyzed and is moving in a different direction than what you initially may have thought during eclipse season where you're like oh gosh this is what it is there's some sort of new update new refreshing or rebooting of the system that begins on wednesday that should be felt throughout the rest of the week into saturday sunday where you're like cool this is a new chapter this is a new chapter it's not a huge new chapter but it's like a very abundant joyful there's some sort of element of it that is expansive that is optimistic so you know, hold on to that candle this week. Be in the candle of optimism that does involve restriction like I spoke about last week, but is it's just really good. This is good. I like this week starting on Wednesday. Monday, Tuesday, still cleanup. but Wednesday through Sunday is, it offers us a lot of hope. And we need that right now, especially in the Northern Hemisphere where we're heading into winter. We need that hope. We need that like, optimistic, introspective quality that Sagittarius will offer us. So keep your candles lit, keep your light bulbs on, and now we are going to take a quick break before we talk to Halo Rossetti about what happens in between worlds and as we cross through them. And we are back with Halo Rossetti. I am so excited to be here with you again for, I think, the third time. And I just yes. want you to give a quick shout out to the audience as to who you are, what you're up to, and what we're going to
1: get into. Cool. My name's Taylor Rossetti. I'm a writer, director, and actor. I'm represented by Circle of Confusion. I have three wonderful managers. I'm in Los Angeles. I like eating fruit. Uh, I'm a freak. And I'm 34. You Woo. know, let's be honest about our ages more. That's fine. Yes.
0: I love that. We're both in our 30s. I'm really here for it. Yeah, that's right. Age is de- definitely topical because we're going to be talking about life and death. This episode. Yeah,
1: this is the death cast, everybody. Welcome.
0: This is the death cast. It's the so death good. Cast. At the tail end of Scorpio season, we're just
1: like, let's talk about all the freaky deaky death. All night. the things that yeah. left our lives. <laughs> Yes. we will be grateful for, for that which was given to us that which was taken away and that which was left behind Ooh, you can say that again i hope i yeah, heard that
0: honestly cool. i did mention in the preview where i give the weekly vibes i mentioned that you and i would talk about our experiences of, of eclipse season so i want to know a little bit you know <laughs> i know your chart yeah but we- i want to know a little bit about your eclipse experience
1: okay well for those of you who are mega fans of the pod and listen to our last kiki you'll know that um i have my ic in the fourth and saturn so during this eclipse basically in layman's terms like everything to do with home was just like demonic because the eclipse happened on my ic so the ic is like your lowest point in your chart where all your garbage is hiding and so all my garbage is hiding in scorpio in the fourth house the eclipse came along and I got a lovely letter from USCIS, United wow. States Citizenship and Immigration Services, that the O-1B visa that I had just received was going to be taken back because I needed to provide additional evidence because they decided that actually I wasn't extraordinary enough to be an alien of extraordinary ability. And if I did not provide that evidence in the next month, I would be deported. So my home was taken away. <laughs>
0: It's so wild. I remember. I mean, this was the like exact degree Venus being eclipsed by the sun during the solar eclipse on your IC, almost exact degree, right? Is it two is it a 2 degree IC or a 4 degree IC for it's you? It's something like that. It's super close it's though.
1: Literally close as fuck, yeah.
0: And your 4th house, the IC is all your garbage, but it's also your roots and it's where you root down as a home. So yeah. your your home got eclipsed when you thought you'd had it in the bag, which was yeah. just so literal
1: the most literal shit ever astrology is real people it's real literally my house of home which is the i is like all the stuff from when you're born your ancestors your family your parents in the house of home the eclipse passed over and my home was taken away yes. like if you don't believe in astrology you're wrong yeah <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know i know but again, and then and then my embarrassing eclipse story was yeah, that let's hear it to so give... Give... So where was the eclipse in your IC, Marvel? Yeah, right, right. You. Right, right.
0: Well, so I have a little bit of a different chart than you in the sense that my IC is in Libra and not in Scorpio. So my root didn't get shocked the way yours did, even though we're both Cancer Risings. It was my fifth house of like um, gambling. The fifth house rules a lot of things, but it it rules taking risky adventures, like risky uh, investing. Definitely falls into the fifth. My fifth house is in Scorpio. But... Actually, what really got me was the lunar eclipse in Taurus on November 8th. And I looked at the chart and I was like, wow, it's shooting into my house of personal income,
1: like your second, I, right? my
0: second house in Leo. And I was like, huh, this is going to I don't know. And then FTX, which is a huge crypto company, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, the owner i just want to let you know i don't know his chart but we could look up his chart during this episode i bet it'd be fa- fascinating the ceo of ftx was worth like 40 billion dollars the night before the eclipse and then the night after the eclipse his net worth dropped to zero i'm not joking okay. and, oh. in- i know right Where like people
1: you thought are getting, also, are getting fucked lately also the twitter shit okay yeah the insulin company that lost 17 billion dollars because somebody spent eight dollars creating a fake twitter blue check account under their name and said that insulin was free now yes literally i mean fully the billionaires the eclipse came after the billionaires anyway
0: and the and the get ready like if the the funny thing about the eclipse by the way because it happened in scorpio scorpio's has two rulers mars and pluto and pluto as the secondary or like uh what's considered the contemporary ruler Pluto is having its U.S. Pluto. We're having our U.S. Pluto return, right? So this eclipse cycle, October 25th to November 8th, is a foreshadowing of all of what you just said, which is billionaires falling in the U.S. It's going to be big and it will complete, I think, right around 2024 when uh, Pluto moves into Aquarius. But there's going to be a lot. I just saw that Amazon is firing a ton of its laborers. I mean, this is going to be- Elon Musk
1: fired a ton of people at Twitter. Twitter. And and the only reason why he stopped the $8 blue check thing is because somebody (laughs) made a fake Tesla account and started posting these hilarious tweets. So a lot of celebrities- I oh, go know. ahead, go ahead, go ahead, please just read, say My please. favorite one was, like, breaking news, a second Tesla has crashed into the World Trade Center. Because <laughs> It was, like, trolling on the fact that they blow up all the time, you know? And oh another one was God. saying that they're going to sell Teslas to, like, third world countries as explosive devices and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and Elon so- was, like that's enough and that's like enough. took away the blue checks.
0: <laughs> well, I'm loving this Mars retrograde in Gemini. I mean, actually, personally, I'm hating it. But like in my personal life, but like Wait, okay. Mars... So you have
1: to say, why does the oh yeah have to do oh, I have to finish I
0: have to finish billion dollar You're right. billionaire that went right. net worth
1: to zero. Okay, so
0: I didn't know that I had a crypto account that was associated with a company called BlockFi that took a 400 million dollar loan from. FTX, which filed bankruptcy on the Lunar Eclipse in Taurus. So I got a fun email a couple days ago that was like, hi, all of your assets are frozen. Withdrawals are frozen and suspended until further notice. We're super sorry. AKA your money doesn't exist, which by the way, going back to your whole IC getting slammed with Venus, Venus rules two things, artists and money. Wow. And so my money got eclipsed and your artistry, you Whoa. being an exceptional artist, got eclipsed. Oh my God. Right? So I'm just, I love this because we're just both being honest and frank and telling folks like, this is what was eclipsed for us during this
1: literally cycle. And, and let me add, this is not just random shit. This is like Marvel's savings. Yeah. Like, your nest egg that you've been carefully exactly squirreling money away, like your little safety pouch. They were like, whoop. And then for me, it's like people probably don't know how much visas cost, but fully like me. A lot of money. Know, the O one one is like seven grand. And you don't get that money back if they take your visa off you. That's like for the pleasure of applying. Yeah. So now like I'm also like a big chunk of money in the hole, too. Yep. You know? Oh, interesting. The
0: cancer risings. We're still we're still dealing with that Pluto at the final degrees of Capricorn, which is all about feeling extremely out of control in our most intimate relationships and just like relationships <laughs> to government. It's so intense. I know. I'm just like, look, I'm ready for the future. And they're like, haha, but it ain't regulated yet. And you didn't do your homework. And I'm like, didn't do word. your
1: homework. That's a big. I really. That. That's what I've been thinking about a lot, because you know, I got a nine-page letter being like, "Here are all the ways in which you're insufficient," you know, as Oof. an art Yeah. And so I, it was so brutal, and it was vindictive. Like, I think it's discrimination, and my lawyer does too. Welcome to being a transgendered. Yeah, so and I'm also very...
0: Scorpio. Scorpio's vindictive. You just you mentioned a key word. The shadow side of Scorpio <laughs> is
1: like going for the guts. Totally. Mm. So I was just going through just being like, I didn't do my homework. And I guess that's the eclipse vibe. It's like something gets taken away, the sun or the moon, right? You lift up the rock and you see all the wriggling worms underneath. Yes. It was like, what, in what areas did you not do your homework? And for me, it was a hundred percent money. I had all this debting money shit come up. Like I was looking at like how I spend my money, like, what is my relationship to money? Like really digging into that stuff, journaling a lot, like doing recovery work around that stuff. Wild. Yep.
0: I remember a quote from Tina Fey being like, oh, I'm so glad I have an accountant because I'm literally, she was like, I'm basically inept when it comes to spending. And I was like, okay, Tina, that sounds great.
1: I went like, welcome "I need to to get... rich, yeah, Welcome I... to being rich. Yeah. Welcome to being rich. Yeah, literally, I'm like, good for you. Yeah, I can't I need afford that. a single session with an accountant, but okay. Yeah, exactly.
0: Wow. Um, wild. So yes, and and you're absolutely correct. For everyone listening, to just bring it out to the collective here, what you just said was so poignant. Which is wherever you really were refusing or f- afraid to do homework in. Yeah. That's what often comes up during eclipse season, especially for cancers, because we are ruled by the moon and the moon is very big during eclipse season. It is. She's the reason it's happening. Um, But for everyone, just think about an area of your life where you were like, oh, I didn't do my homework there. And now I have to really deal with the mess of what's happening.
1: And also, weren't you saying to me at some point that this is like round two of these Taurus Scorpio eclipses? Mm-hmm. So, the March April set, whatever yes. weird shit you had going on, on March in March and April, which for me, I was displaced in my housing and yeah. I was forced to move suddenly. And actually, it ended up being amazing because now I'm on a lease in a beautiful location with a great roommate, and my housing went way up. So, I like to think that like, It's a dark, weird way of finding shit out, but it can lead to something amazing. Yes. But to me, this is certainly a part two of what was happening in March and April, you know?
0: And to piggyback off what you just said, which is such, it's just so poignant this, even though you're lifting the rock up and there's wriggling worms and like a scorpion that comes and stings you. Yeah. There is medicine, like there's a relief on the other side. Once you realize what you because like if you don't quite know the mess you have to clean up it's really scary because you're like fumbling around in a dark room and you're like i don't know i don't want to look at the over
1: thing. shit yeah. yeah not opening boxes yeah
0: and an eclipse like can blast i mean a full moon lunar eclipse on november 8th blasts the light open and it's like okay this is what's this is what you have to clean up there's the mess it's right there and that is a relieving process you know eventually honestly yeah
1: And the bit about relationships is really, really, really really real. Because like, you know, uh, maybe I'm engaged now.
0: (laughs) This is the big work. This is the big big work. work
1: It's like really being like, okay, baby, I love you. Um, Let's talk about that in a serious way. Yes. And it's really intense, you know. And eclipses are sudden
0: changes. And for you, the IC route—I don't know how much you know about the IC and the MC in terms of marriage—but the IC route and the MC deal with marriage specifically. Oh, yes, you know this. They deal with marriage specifically. Your marriage partner in the MC, like that's your midheaven, shows your marriage partner, and then so whatever's happening to the IC ricochets and hits your midheaven. Whoa! So, well, you're... my midheaven
1: is in my tenth house of career, so in, yeah. and in Taurus. Yeah. so that, that's this is such a little so it
0: could be a sudden marriage that's like literally yeah. the the definition there, is there a sudden a marriage
1: sudden, there's a sudden marriage coming yeah yeah but it's for, just, an, for but a visa he, but still a sudden yeah. marriage well yeah. i mean it's also for love though that's the thing mm-hmm. that's the thing is that like you know i'm a i don't know i just decided look for every immigrant there's you know an option always yeah. to marry yeah. someone that you are not romantically involved in and that yeah. is I gamble, but I always said, like, if I'm going to get married, like, even though marriage is weird and fake, like, I want it to be with somebody that I really love and want to build a relationship with, you yeah. know? So that's the interesting thing is that, like, it, it it's like the IC is in Scorpio on the 4th. Mm-hmm. The MCs is a Taurus in the tenth, so literally my one end got shocked on round one of the eclipse, yes. and the other one got shocked in round two of the eclipse. And like it's so my MCs is in career; it's all about career and moving my career forward. So of course, like being able to have a green card from a yes. marriage, moving my career forward. But I think there's something poignant about marrying someone I love and intended to marry anyway. Yes. In this situation because yes. yes. it really relates to relationships in a really romantic sense, you know. Yes.
0: Well, the moon was fallen in Scorpio on the eclipse for you, the first eclipse where your, where your O-1 visa, you got that letter and you were like, oh my God. So the moon was fallen in Scorpio. It means it's in detriment, not a great place for the moon, but the moon is exalted in Taurus. So on November 8th, even though for me, like I got a weird email, there, there was actually, I'm starting to experience the benefits of uh, what I thought was an unfortunate situation. But for you, the moon exalted brought in an opportunity to merge with somebody in a way that's like very... Taurus, intimate, loving, intimate, loving.
1: grounded, pragmatic. Yes. Yeah, totally.
0: I mean, you just said that your partner bought you a charger to make a lot
1: like... Uh, what was it? <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, I have a, I, my phone's always dying. This is some typical dead or Scorpio. Yeah, Scorpio. <laughs> my, my devices are always dying because I'm like 10% battery, no problem. And actually my partner was telling me this amazing thing. There used to be this app called We All Die Together. I want, I want them to bring this back. And yes. so basically it would bring you online when your phone was at like five or 10% or less. So you get to chat with other people whose phones were dying <laughs> And then your phone. I love that. And it was called We All Die Together
0: that is so good that that's is so good oh that's Aquarius I love it Aquarius is like let's talk about death in this yeah and situation.
1: like you're on your on device on device <laughs> you're just chatting being like I got one percent bro I'm about to go in for a job interview I don't know what I'm gonna you know what I mean and it's like
0: we all die together we all I die together that.
1: and I just have been thinking about that a lot so whenever my phone's getting low I'm like saying to to my partner I'm like we all die together you know yeah. But anyway, he bought me like an extra long charging cable so that I can actually <laughs> be, charge my phone in my bed. So Taurus, so, so, so practical. Taurus. Just I like, know, look, he... you
0: don't have to. Taurus is always like, you don't have to die yet.
1: You yeah, literally. I'm like, my moon's in Taurus, so I'm like, wow, well, so romantic. Oh, yeah, like yeah. And he very my sweet partner, Caleb. I love you. I'm Shout out so much on the on the pod he's gonna listen and be like what the hell but like he also (laughs) got me a pair of sneakers because all i have are these like derpy platform gen z sneakers and i was going to the gym and nearly rolling my ankle all the time and he was like baby and then he like got me
0: you can't be gen z and go to the gym
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny you should mention that because i was like with my friend like in sneaker stores being like Okay, so back in the day, the flat sneaker was the walking sneaker and yes. the ridgy sneaker was the running sneaker. Yes. Now they're all simultaneously flat and ridgy.
0: I don't know how it's they're, done either. They're I know. all
1: Gen Z sneakers. And I would come in and be like, so which is for walking, which is for running? And they're like, know. Oh, like these are fine. Like they have no idea. <laughs> they for <what> TikTok. <laughs> they're... Yeah, literally. And I went on a website <laughs> to look at sneakers, right? On the fucking Sorrel website. And there's a section called Athletics. Inspired sneakers, athletic inspired. So, I'm like, it's a I'm simulacra, it's, like, a simulacra. It yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a simulation of an athletic, <laughs> sneaker, but it's not actually an athletic. sneaker. So, I was just like, I just hope the sneakers I got are practical, but like, we have nothing to <laughs> go on anymore. Late, late capitalism has struck again. Late
0: athletic, capitalism,
1: like athletic inspired sneakers. Yeah. That's like saying cooking inspired cookware. <laughs> like it looks like you should cook in it, <laughs> but you shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? No, but definitely don't cook in that spatula. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, but it's inspired by the thing that it is.
0: That's this. That's the simulacrum that's right there. That's the
1: simulacrum. There. We live in a major. That
0: actually is a perfect transition into us talking about what I like to call imitation crab. As a Cancer Rising, I'm not actually a Cancer son. I'm a Cancer Rising. Oh so my god, imitation we're crab.
1: imitation crab. We're imitation
0: crab. I got that from an actual Cancer son when I told them I was a Cancer Rising. They're like, "Oh, you're imitation crab," and I was like, oh. "Wow!" Called out, but also imitation man. So we could talk about hauntology, oh trans masculinity. Let's talk about like, I I mean, we have a funny list of things. I'm looking at our list and it says hauntology, Schrodinger's cat, ghost stories. Listen,
1: we're going to talk about, (laughs) we're going to tell some ghost stories. We're going to talk about how being trans masculine is like haunting manhood, which is a little theme of ours. Love it. We're going to maybe spook a chart of a famous person. (gasps) We are going to spook that chart. I yes. know, it's going to be yes. Really great. Yes. So listen, I have a question for you, Marvel. Yes. Have you ever revealed your sun sign on the pod? No, never. Are you going to? <laughs> You're like, let me spook him right now. I know. I Marvel hasn't even told me. I got this intel from a friend and I fully didn't believe them when they told this me. This is, yeah, I'm a closet Pisces. So this is oh, the thing. Oh, bitch, he's I'm a, a Pisces.
0: This is the thing though. No one clocks me as a Pisces for two reasons. A, Pisces are super hard to clock. Pisces risings and Pisces suns are hard to clock because we are all 12 signs, FYI. Yeah. And then B, I have a stellium in Aquarius. So when people meet me, they either think leo or aquarius yeah totally. and it does really outweigh my pisces but i i am a, i am a two degree pisces sun like i'm such a little pisces a little
1: yeah. Pisces, yeah closet pisces so yeah and
0: that's why i'm so slippery
1: <laughs> and i'm an aries sun so we're semi-sextile we are know. we're doing good i'm an aries sun taurus moon cancerizing there that's all my bullshit on the table north node of pisces in the eighth
0: Oof! You got that eighth house north node. Is. You're you're ready to spook some everything this episode. Yeah, it's
1: gonna get spooky. <laughs> okay, so which spooky thing do you want to start? Do you want to start with the ghost story? Do you want to talk about being an imitation man?
0: Yeah, I well, the first thing I want to say is that you know the parsha for this week, getting Jewish here for a moment. Yeah, let's go. Ahead. Has to do with Sarah and Abraham's death. So we are. I'm just saying that the energy of the Torah this week, as the resident Jew in the house. Is that of passing away? Resident Jew in the closet. In the closet, I am the resident (laughs) Jew in the closet. Wow, that's the title. Um, (laughs) This is the week. This is the week where Sarah, the matriarch, and Abraham, the patriarch, both pass away. And there's a lot about grave sites and like burial. So where? And how old were they? Also, Sarah was 127 years old. We're talking
1: like ancient, ancient,
0: ancient, and And Abraham. Some, someone listening is going to know, but Abraham was also very, very, oh, 175 years old. So they were alive for a long time. Yeah. Long time. But we're talking about death today and both of them passed. So I just want to say that we are talking, if if the Torah is an energetic portal, we are so deep in it right now. Talking about death.
1: The, we're the, tw- the twin imitation crab death yes. del- today.
0: Yeah. And I wanted to talk, like, I love the idea of talking about trans masculinity as haunting cis malehood and i think we can it's nuanced so i don't want to just say that blank and statement and be like that's what we're doing as trans men we haunt cis men because that creates its own power structure that i don't love Right. Right. right but also there's a funny there's like a little perverted perverse funny thing about that that i think can offer us some interesting insights and It is why I sometimes relate to ghostliness or hauntedness in terms of my own identity as a transmasculine person. Because when I walk out in the world as Jason Bateman Jr., everyone (laughs) is like, look at that guy. Look at that white dude. And I'm like, holy shit. And I lived 25 years of my life as an androgynous queer woman for, you know, for lack of a better phrase for what I was. But that's what I did for 25 years.
1: Right. Because the thing is, there's some trans guys that are just like, I'm a man from the get. From the get. Period right yeah. and there's other people that are like whoa I feel weird why do I feel weird oh non-binary genderqueer oh I'm mm. gonna try these hormones oh that's was- okay I'm gonna get top surgery okay yeah cool I'm still gen. no actually I'm a dude whoa whoa I'm a trans guy you know yep. and that's another way of being a trans guy right and yep. then maybe you're a trans guy for a few years and then you're like no I'm pretty non-binary actually but but the point is the cis just get the snapshot of you in the street Cis blending. Just kind of being a man walking around, and they have no idea that you've had this wild fucking ride. And it does give you a different perspective. Yeah. Like, I kind of want you to to mention your anecdote about being in an acting class full of cis dudes. Oh,
0: yeah. Although now, of course, I can't quite remember. Oh, oh, just that. Yes, I'm in this amazing acting class, by the way, in Los Angeles. I'm obsessed. And we do what's called a cold read class where you get thrust onto stage with another person and you act out a scene that you've not been privy to prior. So you just don't know what's about to happen. Cold read. And a lot of the cis men that I act with a lot some of them know my identity some of them don't know my my identity history and the ones that do it's always so interesting because i could i could it's so intimate when you're up on stage with another person during cold read due to the technique my teacher uses it's just like you're thrust into the cauldron of emotion with another person so intense but when i'm with cis men a lot of them like i can i just can sense the like circular way that I can wrap myself around a character not to say that I'm a better actor I'm not even trying to say that I'm just trying to say that like the experience of of the, the trans experience or at least my journey so far gives this like giant circular experience of a character whereas when I'm with another cis man on when I'm with a cis man on stage I can sense that there's this like unidirectional there's this directional like this is what this is my access point to it And it doesn't quite feel as circular. However, when I act with cis women or non-binary people in this class, it feels more, I feel more like tête-à-tête. I feel more like, oh, there's a circular experience happening here.
1: Wow. And I'm not quite sure.
0: but I love
1: that. that. No, but that's what I mean. It's that like there's the wrapping paper and then there's the spirit inside, you know? And like when you change your wrapping paper, you're getting to access so many more different experiences of humanity, you know? And I also think, like, I remember I wrote a character that was, like, not very super non-binary genderqueer. It was, like, an avatar for myself. And one of my managers was, like, oh, this character reads like a woman, you know? And I was, mm-hmm. like, whoa. But then I was, like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I do a lot of womanly shit that I'll probably keep doing until I drop dead, whether I get on hormones or... Yeah. Have, have surgery or whatever. Like I, you know, it's like I've been mean, out as trans for six years. I haven't been on hormones or had surgery. I dress and I've been dressing in exclusively boy clothes for like three years, but there's just like you know, my experiences like made me a rich and complex person. Yes, yes. You know, and I'm gonna just probably do some like quote unquote girly shit till I die. You know.
0: I had a hilarious experience. To your point, I had a hilarious experience in a prior acting class. I won't mention the Academy's name, but I was there with a cis male teacher and it was a scene that was a prison scene between two lesbian, uh, an inmate and her and the lover, two women. And it was right. pulled and it was very explicit that these were two women. And he put me in the scene and he was like, OK, who are you? What's your name? And I was like, I gave a I gave a woman. I, I look the way I do now. And I gave a woman's name and he was like, Nope no, no, no. Change the character to a male because you're a man. He was like, change the character to a male. And it was funny because the entire class witnessed me have like a brain, giant brain fart because I was like, no, but I can play this part. But I, I was like also recognizing that he saw me and experienced me as a man and didn't know I was trans. And so there was this whole moment where I was like, no, no, no. I I actually understand where she's coming from. I can play this role. And he was like, yeah, you can, but it has to be a male version. And it was just this
1: wacky wow. moment of
0: being like, "But I know how to, I've only ever watched lesbian cinema." Like,
1: like, you're like I don't, pretty much was weirdly kind of a lesbian. Lesbian. A weird <laughs> well, I mean, it, he, if, if he was really on his shit, he would have just made you be a trans guy who was a lesbian before he transitioned. I know, and it, and it and started it, transitioning yeah. in prison. Exactly. You know? Exactly.
0: Like, to the, but the point I was trying to make is that like, I felt I forgot that like, as an actor, and maybe we'll, in the future, this won't be even a, a, a relevant conversation to have. But I realized that I was trapped in the optics of my gender in this moment where I was like, Oh, no, but I can, I felt the woman like I felt her. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I felt the character and I felt that she was very much a woman, and I don't even mean cis woman. I just mean a woman. Like I just yeah. felt that character to your point where you were like, "Oh, I wrote that character," and your manager's like, "That's a woman," and you're like, "Oh, I, oh, I guess," you know,
1: I mean, whatever. Like. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, because whoever wrote the script wrote that character to be a lesbian woman. So it's exactly. like, as as an actor, if you're like, oh, I'll just change the name and now it's a man, it's like, it's a different way of behaving. But if you're playing a trans guy who had a lived legacy as a lesbian woman, it's like some of those traits would have carried over and that yeah. would have made more sense. Yeah.
0: And I'm like wondering how many cis dudes would have read that script and been like, oh, I'm going to be the woman. No, they would have, fol- they would have been like, okay, I'm going to approach this from the only yeah, lens i know <laughs> change this
1: to be a man because i am a man exactly. I know, this is True. what i mean about like if we had representation that actually like mattered. It mattered. Follow it's real like, you know. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> like I would totally watch a show in which there's two trans actors trying to like 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 a show in which you as a trans actor get put in that position or yeah. two trans actors are trying to like work some shit out about like yeah. characters and stuff, you know? Like there's so many conversations and so many brilliant stories I hear from my community that I have never seen on TV. Yeah. And I'm like even one of these stories would have completely changed my childhood, you know? Yeah.
0: We're working, we're Halo, we're working to make that happen. That's it. We
1: are the ghosts in the motherfucking machine. We
0: are the ghosts in the machine.
1: Yeah. Yes. And and I'm okay with being that. I'm okay that we're the front runners and it's really going to pop off like 10, 25 years from now. I feel okay about that. Well, we
0: both have really strong Aries in our chart. So Aries is all about being like, oh, the collective didn't think it was ready for this and it wasn't. And here we are anyway.
1: (laughs) Surprise, bitch. Yeah. Do you have Mercury and Aries?
0: I have progressed, so this is, I I do my progress chart big time because the progress chart is an amazing tool for all those not in the know. But my my progressed Mercury is in Aries, retrograde, on my MC, and my sun is progressed in Aries on my MC. Uh So this is like, you are here, and the woman who, one of the women who read my chart, one of the first astrologers who ever read my chart saw that progressed sun and was like, oh you're gonna be famous she was like oh, you're gonna be famous and then you have 30 years of a lot of work to do with that like with great power comes great responsibility
1: and right because like, that's the thing you just keep working like yeah. no matter what's going on you have some shit to do like beyonce beyonce is somewhere shitting bricks you know yeah she's, exactly <laughs> In her mansion, she's sweating, like ah! bricks, but instead I said shitting bricks. She's shitting bricks. Beyond I like bricks. I really
0: loved the visual that came to my head, so thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm um, just
1: like, what am I gonna do next? You know, even though she just dropped it out, you know, like that funny. everyone's shitting bricks. So anyway, yes, bricks. That's funny. <laughs> my Mister, my
0: Mister Peanut Butter mouth comes from my progressed Sun in or my progressed Mercury in Aries, which is red. You're like,
1: oh, this hi, thing. Hi. Oh, I'm just being supportive. Yeah. So so to explain to someone who doesn't know a progress chart, basically, when you're born, you get the stamp on you. That's your birth chart. And it never Mm -hmm. changes. But as you age, everything moves. Like, imagine the facets of a clock moving, like it's moving with you yes through, through the stars and so everything moves along so my progress chart my sun is deep in taurus i think you i know? love that for you And probably by the end of my life it'll be in gemini which also makes sense yes you know what i mean because i was yes. born late 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 degrees aries i'm yeah. like the second to last day of aries you know you
0: might even make it to cancer depending on how old you live you might Wild. actually be a cancer yeah yeah you and, and then my, my
1: mercury is also in aries which is i think very true <laughs> but oh, that's That's probably also in Taurus, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's just I like that idea that like as we age, we just change, you know, it's like a very trans way of reading a chart.
0: Yes, I love the progress chart. I call it the soul chart. You can really see where someone's deep inner soul is at. Yeah, there's a kind of purity to the progress chart that I think is super beautiful. I do readings for progress charts, so if anyone's curious, I can tell you where your soul (laughs) is. I can tell you where mine came
1: true. Mine came true. I know. Oh my god, it's so intense! But it's
0: uh, you said it at the top before we started recording. You're like, I'm so humbled, and that's I feel humbled.
1: That's it. I feel very, very, very humbled. Yeah, me too. too, and something else has shifted so i you know in our past couple episodes together we've talked about like loving delusion because it protects you yeah thing has happened to me lately where i'm like i think i need to let delusion go mm. you know? that's so what Taurus. i've been feeling yeah so i think it's that maybe just this clarity of Taurus. but i've just been like i need all of my wits about me and yes. i need to be like very honest and pragmatic about yes. what's going on like yes. like 95 of scripts don't get sold right yes. I mean, just shit like that it takes up to three years to get a new writer in a writer's room. Yep. Like just sitting with those facts and not being scared by them because I can still feel the web of energy that connects everything. And I can kind of um, feel like a spider where I can feel where the vibe's going and where mm. I need to go next. Mm. But like, I'm never really phased by stuff like that. But like sitting with those facts and just being like, okay, like, like this needs to be exceptional and I need to be energetically on my A game in terms of yes. feeling that I fit in this network, you yes. know? And that's just been something like I had so much bravado and bravura that got me here. I mean, yeah. I've been in the me States. Too. <laughs> yeah you for sure yeah but, you know i've been in the states for 15 years on like different visas like anyone mm. who's even applied for one visa it's like if they were like nine you have been on nine visas like it's insane Oof, like right. like you know like i got into like yale when i was 19 i was like fencing for australia i like worked at art forum like, i've done all this insane shit in my life but i'm just hitting a wall where i'm like I think I have to put the insane bravura and delusion down for a second mm. and just be like really clear about like what's actually happening. Yes. You know, and something that I have been thinking about is like the concept of being a worker among workers, you know, mm. like a lot of people have main character syndrome, including me. I think Most,
0: like, most people have main character syndrome. Yeah. Where yes.
1: they're like, I'm the main character and everyone yes. else is like sidekicks in my TV show, you know, and like, finally. Funnily enough, writing TV pilots started to cure that for me because when you actually just mechanically put it together, you're like, oh, this is insane. What a weird it thing. is
0: and it is a mechanism. It is a structure. And you're like, this is how structure. you create a character and a side character and a B and an A storyline, yeah. a storyline, C storyline. Yeah.
1: Like you really you react you write characters that are literally there to activate the main character. They're like exactly. deliberate side characters. Something about doing all of that in that fantasy way. I was like, you know what? Everyone's a main character. Mm, well like i'm a main character of my own story but just as much as everyone else and i don't want to have main character syndrome where as soon as like so like let's say marvel comes along and we have a conversation and if i have main character syndrome I'm like oh here's my accessory character here to Mm -hmm. like nudge me along on my journey like or i could be like here's marvel he has his own show he's his own main character and we're gonna like chat have a little tete-a-tete about what the fuck's going on and that's like a lot more interesting to me you know So the idea, so I think often when I was younger, it was like, I wanted these jobs at these like prestigious places and to like be famous and special and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it was like, as an arts worker, and there's a great podcast called Art Art and Labor Pod, which really gets into this, but art Um, workers get treated like shit. And like, I would be working at these prestigious places and like not get paid enough. And like, you know, just have these like difficult working conditions. and, And I've just been thinking about like, the idea of being a worker among workers, which is like, I go out and I work a job and I make enough money to live and I have a surplus and I'm able to be responsible and show up for my life. It might not be a glamorous job, but it's just yeah. like a job. And I yeah. think even in film and television, you can be a worker among workers, even as like a famous fucking pop star. You can be a worker among workers. Yes. and you like, I have a job you yeah. know like I remember I met someone who was a, a bodyguard for, for like Britney Spears when she was like on tour this is when she was with Justin Timberlake like back in the day so okay. good
0: because she came up in the pre-show conversation so she's and it's also Sagittarius season coming up and it's Wednesday, I love Britney so Spears. yeah Britney no one, is
1: you if you want to get Britney Spears you have to go through me I love, love. her me too Same. Love, passionately Continue. Continue. so anyway Continue. so when she was young I mean you have to imagine like Okay, Britney Spears was the most searched term on Google.com for seven years in a row. (laughs) Like like just like the absolute magnitude of attention on this one teenager slash early 20s person is insane. So she was like 21 or something and she'd gone through this devastating breakup with Justin Timberlake and she was like beside herself. But every fucking day she would come out and she would do these concerts because she was on tour because she knew that if she doesn't do this concert, something like 4,000 people don't eat, you know? Because Uh... when you're on concert, when you're going out and you're doing a concert, like... Everything is for you. Like you have to do this whole thing. And like, you're going to feed all of the stagehands, all of the sound people, all of the makeup people, all of the lighting people, the security guards, like, and any one of them can be replaced, but you have to go out there and be a worker among workers and do your job. So everyone else gets fed. And I just think like, incredible, right? Like, it's like, that's how I want to think about work and money is that like, I'm a worker among workers. I'm going to do my job. Even if, and meaning, even and especially as a showrunner, which is like my dream, I'd like to be a showrunner. Someday. Oh, you, I, I,
0: I'm dreaming that for you too. I see you so clearly in that role. I would just
1: love to do that. But showrunners are like basically, like, so basically for people who don't know, a showrunner runs a TV show. So from where to go, they run the whole thing. They're like, a head writer but they're also like an executive producer and they're kind of like in a sense managing a, this team that's coming together on the show of like what to, to build people. magic
0: to build like to
1: record a magical experience yes. make something that's is fake into something that is less fake right you're really? <laughs> <laughs> not gonna say real because who knows what that is but the yeah. point is like what I heard from other showrunners I was very grateful to go to a showrunners panel when I was doing the circle of confusion writers discovery fellowship and what they said was when you're a showrunner like your personality. Like the way you treat others, every single person is looking at you yeah. all day, all night and how you treat others. That becomes the culture of the entire workforce. Mm. So like the, for all 200 people under you, if you're someone who like makes snide, snippy comments, get ready for everyone around you to start making snide, snippy comments. If you're someone who loses your temper, get ready for everyone around you to lose your temper. If you're someone who's a patient and kind and congenial, get ready for everyone around you to be patient, kind and congenial, you know? Yes. So, this is just what I've been thinking about is like, I want to be a worker among workers. I want to be humble, and I want to have all my ducks in a row, especially financially. So I don't know if that feels eclipse related, but who knows? I, you know? I you're
0: taking the words right out of my mouth. I was my comment back to you was that you are channeling that November eighth total lunar eclipse in Taurus. That, what you just said, I, I hope that it lands deeply in the ears of our audience because I am hearing that, and I'm like, oh, Halo's channeling, Halo's channeling, Halo's. That what you just said is so Taurus, and it's so Moon in Taurus, which you have your Moon in Taurus, okay. so you're you're reflecting that for the collective, also as a Cancer Rising. So, thank you. That is so clear. I needed to hear that. I'm just reflecting for you that I yeah. need to hear that. That was really, really good. And I and the truth about the head of the snake, like if you want to kill something, cut the head off, but I'm going to reverse it for you and just say like, if the head of the dragon or the head of the snake is healthy, kind, loving, nurturing, and very disciplined in their love, then the rest of the body is that, reflects that.
1: Exactly. You know, and when we have poison heads of state, which we've seen, Ugh. shit goes wrong. Shit goes wrong. You know? Twitter.
0: Yeah. Shit goes wrong.
1: Yeah. Twitter, like 45, all weird shit mm-hmm. you know yep. and i mean like i am an anarchist you know i can kind of cosplay as a socialist but ultimately i think that like we need to have a much more decentralized situation yes. going on you know but yes. like i think as things inevitably collapse because how long can we go like this what a hundred years maybe no maybe i don't it's even think 80. that long but yeah yeah you know like can we go like this before we just run out of every resource imaginable yeah right we're going to yes. have to be workers among workers and we're going to have to skill up and have a lot of different skills in a lot of different areas. Yes. So we can actually just like really support ourselves in ways that capitalism have told us are impossible without consuming, right? Yes. Yes. So like we need to be these well rounded individuals that can really take care of ourselves, yes. you know? But there's certain kinds of labor we won't be able to outsource once all of these structures collapse. And yep. some of that will be care labor, you yes. know? So, yes. <laughs> while I'm on this channel, I'm just going to tell you guys <laughs> be a worker among workers and like take care of your own shit so that you don't end up like certain people on this podcast that uh work up with thousands of dollars gone and Same. like Jesus being <laughs> taken away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah.
0: Interestingly, though, the humility which sparked this whole tangent and you channeling humility which came from this experience for both of us both of us received i mean i was just like i'm humbled i'm profoundly humbled that humility is part of the worker among workers i think yes. that you know the aries you and i have strong aries placements and aries the the real shadow signature is profound bravado profound bravado bravado to the point where you think you're controlling the entire mechanism and everyone else is a pawn yeah that's aries shadow you and I just both got checked big time by that Taurus, and I, I'm loving yeah. it. I'm just like, okay, wow, I want to be a leader. You and I both desire to be leaders. Yeah. And the only way we can actually be, I think, effective and sustainable leaders, which I'm giving a loose definition to that term because I'm also yeah. an anarchist like you are, um, yeah. to be sustainable leaders, we have to... Like my brother says, like my brother runs and owns a restaurant, but he's like, I sometimes find myself at 3 a.m. scrubbing the floor because an employee of mine got sick and I will do right, that. I will scrub bottom, that
1: floor because he's the bottom liner. The yes. leaders are often the people who bottom line the whole operation, you exactly. know, and like, and I really Tarana Burke says a really beautiful thing. She's the person who invented the term Me Too, like fully 10 years before the Me Too movement. And she refers to herself as a servant leader. Because she didn't really ask for, like, like when Me Too blew up, you know, mm-hmm. 10 years after. Like, it started with her holding circles i think mostly for women to talk about like me too like the ways in which everyone was a survivor yes. of like sexual assault domestic violence and such and people weren't talking about it and it's all she did scorpio that... by the way all scorpio yeah yeah she did that work super humbly you know and like then me too the hashtag blew up and then all these people are like this was invented by a black woman Toronto burke and then suddenly all of this attention was on her at this really really intense time and in culture mm-hmm. and so she referred to herself as a servant leader and i think that that's a really beautiful concept
0: yes you know, that servant you leader her, you
1: have to be a servant leader like you're yes. you are serving others you're serving people it's a service position you yeah. know
0: my um i'm just thinking of my partner who's a Taurus stellium and i really feel she, that is, from a her. she is a servant leader a servant leader 100 and her stellium's in her sixth house of service so yeah that and also like sense.
1: You know, at, at Outfest this year, the theme was service because it was the 40th anniversary. And then at the opening gala, they brought all these people on stage who had served Outfest, including this yes. wonderful partner. Yes. And I like, cried because I was like, all these people. I mean, 40 years ago, literally, yeah, it was like, nothing. if you were gay, let alone trans, trans was not a thing, right? It's yeah. like, there was you couldn't find trans, like, go watch Disclosure. But like, you know, <laughs> if there was some gay shit in a film... Yes. Someone was going to die. Yep. It's absolutely. like capitalism was so violent and is still so violent to so many yes. queer people that it could not even imagine a world in which a queer person was allowed to reach maturity. Yeah. I mean, that is so insane. Yes. And so Outfest was founded by some UCLA grad students, UCLA, right? Yeah.
0: UCLA grad students. You got wow.
1: It. I got it right. Fact check myself. Yay. Yeah. And they were just like, we're going to start this conference and start this film festival to show some, I don't know, queer joy, perhaps. <laughs> Something queer, yeah, something. like, like yeah. something. I mean, I don't yep. even think people were using the word the qu- word queer, queer at the time, right? No. Yes.
0: no. But
1: the point is, it was like we want to show, like, I don't know, two men in love, and it's happy, and no one dies, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's like a that's a huge service to us now. We get to go to outfist and like be in outfist and like walk around on the on the red carpet and be like, wow there's a place for us, you know? I, love I don't know why I'm on a service kick right now, but it just seems relevant. It's so
0: <laughs> relevant. No, this is the this is the detritus or the takeaway, I should say. It's the takeaway from this last eclipse. It's like, be of service. And you said something funny where you're like, I'm really wanting to slow down and get really clear about why I'm here. And, and it sounded like you were like, okay, I'm going to develop humility before... To to override the lingering bravado, and I'm kind of laughing because I'm like, that is the rest of the year for us, but the moment that the nodes move into Aries and Libra... you're gonna you,
1: time. let's
0: why don't you have and i be rec-
1: back on the pod i'll have I'll
0: you back on the like, pod next year this like, time and you're gonna go. be like here we go
1: <laughs> ba, 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 ba. <laughs> yeah totally
0: but this is but you're you're absolutely you are feeling the tonality i think correctly in this moment the moment this moment is extremely humbling with mars retrograde in gemini As well as these Taurus and Scorpio eclipses, they're like, let go of all the things that are the shit, let go of your trauma and your pain and your fear and your, your nastiness that comes out of all those things.
1: Yeah. And also just to like recap what you were saying about like the North nodes, North node being in Taurus and the South node being in Scorpio from like November, 2021 to like the spring of 2023. Right. Yes. That is a time of like North Node and Taurus commitment, quality over quantity, right? Like like going instead of like I've noticed a lot of people like instead of having hyper social times, they're spending having quality one on one, hangs with friends. Yep. Letting go of friendships that no longer serve them, doing a lot of work around addiction and relationships. Really committing to their practice, whatever it is, artist psychologist, whatever. They're just committing to it. And then South Node and Scorpio is like, Scorpio's the excreter, rules the genitals and like the butthole, right? Yes. So it's just like, it's like getting the toxic sludge out, getting all of the addiction out and just clarifying yourself so that when the North Node goes into Aries in the spring, right out the gate with whatever the fuck you're going to be doing. And I'm just like, I took that to heart. I was like, let's go. I'm going to clean up crew the crap out of myself right now.
0: That's it. You you just recapped all the work we have to do for every single one of us right now. Yes. Literally. That's the work. That's if the work. you're
1: listening, that's what you have to do right now. Yes. You're welcome. Clean up crew.
0: <laughs> Clean up crew your life. And get, uh, get a, get a get reading get bricks. with marvel. Get bricks. Get, yeah, get a reading with me. Get some
1: bricks. <laughs> <laughs> get some bricks.
0: <laughs> so let's let's talk about. Ghost stories. Our ghost stories. Yeah. The we reason we're going to talk about ghost stories again, just to bring it full circle, is that transmasculine people we haunt masculinity, and I think one day we will heal masculinity on a pop culture level. Yeah. We're working towards it. Um, I think it's going to be a big wave. Actually, I'm very excited. All of our brothers are involved, brothers
1: and siblings. Remember, one triple eight trans lion calling to give us money to make Marvel a talk show host. Yes, that's Mr. it. Yes. It's your peanut butter.
0: (laughs) So because we haunt masculinity and one day we'll help heal it. Let's talk about our, let's talk about you and I, our respective ghost stories. Do you want to start?
1: I each have an epic ghost story. I kind of want you to go first, Marvel. Okay. I'm going to keep it succinct. Mine is so intense that
0: I do. I just want to tell everybody that I do have dreams every once in a while where the spirits that were present in the house that I grew up in will come back in my dreams and try to like lick the inside of my ear and maybe like lick my brain like it's very intense so i definitely have like content
1: um, warning for brain licking brain
0: licking (laughs) content warning as we head into this so i was raised in salt lake city utah and then i was i grew up in a place called the cove which is in utah county which you know for all intents and purposes is supposed to be like a very wealthy neighborhood in utah county i mean comparative to california not but for utah yes Wealthy, wealthy area however my father purchased this house for like half of what the market value was of the other houses around which should always that's be how every horror. A sign
1: starts. it should, should always be a sign start. somebody died in the house exactly and so
0: my literally but of course speaking of not doing research my parents were like oh great deal let's do it so oh there was always a sense of like spooky quality about it My brother, who was four or five at the time, started telling us that he was like, we would be like, where were you at like four or five in the morning? And he'd be like, oh, I'm hanging out with the morning people downstairs. We're like, what?
1: morning people. And he was
0: like, yeah, they come out in the morning and they talk to me. And I was like, what? So anyway. Oh, my God. About six months before we move out. By the way, we weren't planning on moving out. um, Oh, my God. The woman who lived next to my parents' house was a non-Mormon and a witch, like straight up a pagan witch. And she had the whole part, she looked like Elvira. It was incredible, I love her to this day. And she like pulled my mom in for coffee and was like, I need to tell you something because she'd been living there for decades and was like, this is what happened in the 80s. And my mom heard and then immediately we were moving like very quickly. We were moving out of the house. So essentially in the 80s, a Mormon bishop, someone high up in the church, left to go on a mission or to do something, whatever, like whatever they do. And his wife and like eight children were left in the house. And this woman had, the wife had basically, like, I don't know, some sort of short-circuit mental breakdown, schizoid attack, and, like, pulled her car into the garage one day, very Stepford Wives, and, like, closed the garage door and left the car on and gassed the entire family in the house, killing all the kids and a boyfriend of one of her older daughters. So, like, there was a casualty outside of her own children, which is just really intense. They all definitely inhabited the house now that i look back i'm like that makes so much sense because there was so much paranormal activity in the house where like doors would slam especially in the basement where all the kids died like things would go missing in the basement specifically i still have dreams about that space so it's just gnarly it's gnarly and that was my upbringing in salt lake city utah so also we're all scorpios in my household so that's part
1: of probably part of it um (laughs) Just living in death. Living in death. Wait, wait. Okay, so you should know, dear listener, that Marvel and I did not trade these ghost stories before this episode, and I'm about to tell one that is freakishly similar. Whoa. Oh, my gosh.
0: I love it because we're both Cancer Risings very similar (laughs) degrees. Let's go. I want to hear it. We got Scorpio in the fourth house. When you have Scorpio in the fourth house, you're like, death happened in the house.
1: Yeah, literally. (laughs) Literally. So when I was a little kid, I just always felt like there was weird shit going on in the house. But I remember I was three, which means my sister was a newborn. Mm. And I had this nightmare. And in the nightmare, I was in the garage of the house, which kind of functioned as our basement is where we kept all our shit. And the, and I was in a little cage in my dream and my, and there was this guy there and he had like this bold head. He was old. He had these little wispy white hairs on the side of his head and he had like this little weird skin patch under his left eye. And then he had this dirty rag over one arm and his arm had like this tattoo on it. And he was like, there and he was with my mom and they were like laughing maniacally together and then he took this little cloth and he put it over the cage and they left me in the basement garage you know and i woke up and i screamed and i ran from one end of the house down to the other and i was like mom dad ah you know and i told my mom what happened and my mom was like okay she's like what was his name and i was like he didn't have a name you know and she knew it was a dream but she's like okay my three-year-old needs to go to sleep you know so she was like we're gonna call him whitey because of the white hair and so we oh. like this is so cute we had these two matching corridors that led to me and my sister's room and so my mom at three o'clock in the morning bless her but also today's her birthday shout out to mom, scorpio. Happy
0: birthday mom scorpio mom my mom's also was... a scorpio oh my gosh And my dad's a scorpio moon Yikes. and my
1: mom and dad are both scorpios so here Ooh. we go season so anyway she would they got these um she got these giant white bedsheets we each had one me and my mom she got one for me and then we would run down the corridors going white out whitey white out whitey to like Amazing. make me go away and so I went to sleep you know well, i continued definitely house like like the the area above the garage which is where the office was was always cold and that was mm-hmm. next to our bedrooms. And the garage was super creepy. Like my sister and I would dare each other to go in there because it was like so creepy and weird, right? Mm-hmm. So there's that going on. And then when I was like 10 and my sister was seven, we had these cousins visit us from the East Coast that were similar in age to us. And they were like, let's do a Ouija board. And we were like, what's that? Oh, you know? So and good. we like, I know, it's giving real 90s, late 90s vibes. So like we like contacted a young... A young like ghost lady in the house who was maybe like she's 22 and her name was like Gwen or something, but she was like a young woman presence, you know? So meanwhile, like life continues, life continues. Like my parents split up, like my mom moves out. My dad keeps the house. He has a new girlfriend who they're now married up for a long time. Yeah. And um, my stepmother is a very, very psychic person. Like she sees both mm. like, I see dead people like flesh and blood, you know? Wow. So when I was like 20, I was like back for the summer from Yale and I was like chatting with her. And I was like, do you think this house is haunted? And she's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, tell me. More, yeah. She goes, there is a white man, old white man with like this whitey white wisps on the side of his eyes. He's like hair, he's with this bald head. And he has like a little patch of skin under his left eye. And he has this like dirty cloth over one arm. And he has this tattoo of numbers on his arm. And there's a young woman who, like, hangs around a lot in my sister's, in, like, my sister's room, who seems really, really sad. And I think that she committed suicide in the garage. I think she might have hung herself in the garage. I don't know what happened. And I was like, oh, my God. It's Whitey and, like, Gwen. Gwen you know yes so I was like this is insane so I went to the neighbor across the street who'd lived there for decades this is where shit starts to get weirdly similar to your story and, was, and her name's Liliana bless her and I was like Liliana like what happened in the house and mm. so so we live in a suburb called Menorah it's called Menorah because a bunch of holocaust survivors moved that there. makes sense
0: the numbers on the arm it's the first thing I thought okay
1: So, so all of, and a lot of the Holocaust survivors had since passed away, right? Because they're in their eighties or whatever. So I, I basically spoke to Liliana and she said like the, the, the people who had the house before us, before we moved in, they were just like a sweet couple and they didn't have it for very long. But the people before that was an elderly Jewish couple that were Holocaust survivors, Mm. right? And they had a daughter. And. The daughter gave birth to, and they had a daughter and a son actually, and the daughter gave birth to a baby and then she had postpartum psychosis and she was like really, really depressed and really, really sad. Wow. And um, she suddenly as a teenager started to, like she was sad, She was. she was a teenage mom, she was like young, and mm-hmm. she was like really sad. And then suddenly she poked up and said she wanted to get her driver's license. And so the mom was like, okay, I'm going to help you get your driver's license. And the mom would come over and talk to Lily and get excited and be like, I think she's improving. And Lily was like, I just have a really bad feeling about this because Liliana's this full psychic Pisces, you know? Totally, totally. So, so she, the girl gets her driver's license and then three days later, she her mom gets her a car as a present for getting the driver's license. And three mm. days later, the daughter fully gasses herself in the garage in the car. Fully. What?
0: And that's yeah. why the garage was haunted. But also, it's the same story that I had.
1: Same story, right? That is so uncanny. Insane. So we now have the dead daughter haunting the house, gassed herself in the garage fully. Then we have the, the dad and the mom, right? Okay. So then the dad, I think, passes away. He's just kind of heartbroken and old. So he yeah. dies in the house, right? So now yeah. we have ghost number two. But the mom was actually... So the son basically like sold the house from under the mom and put the mom in a nursing home. Mm. And then the mom, who was like an old woman, her, her husband's died, her daughter's died, her son's like not a good person. She basically like fell down the stairs at this nursing home and died and they didn't find her until like a week later which is insane wow insane but her ghost is not in the house because she died in a different location wow so that's yep, totally how ended up with with the holocaust her father and the young woman who killed herself by gassing herself in the garage
0: yes wow okay. that's uncanny i have like uncanny literally this is the goosebumps episode i have goosebumps
1: like literally the same story but also my and they got the house cheap too hmm? yep yep Always. also just like might i add that like if for anyone who doesn't believe that ghosts is real can you please explain because i also went to my mom and i was like oh my stepmother thinks the house is haunted and my mm-hmm. mom before anything else said is it whitey Wow. She kind of knew that yep. my three-year-old dream was yes. a visitation. Yes. Right?
0: I remember at three years old, uh, between the ages of two and four, I remember having very visceral, uh, I guess it's lucid dreaming, but like you're, I'm stand, I was standing up in the house and seeing phantasmagoric shapes. Uh, and I just know that kids are so, we're so tapped in at that age and we can yeah. see Beyond Realm's
1: If you don't believe in ghosts, then explain how me and my stepmother like saw the same people, and then was completely corroborated by our neighbor who like knew the people. So wild!
0: And my brother hanging my baby brother hung out with little kids in the morning and played. Yeah, the morning
1: people also like. Crazy. Shout out to me and Marvel growing up in haunted houses where people had committed suicide by guessing themselves in the car in the garage. In garage. What Fresh a weird basement. synchronicity. We okay. also
0: both have our fourth house. Your, your Nadir is in Scorpio, your IC, but like my fourth house is very much in Scorpio. Lots of it. Yeah, so of course, that. you and I have death in our homes. We grew yeah, up in homes that in our where home death was homes. present. Whew! Astrology okay. and ghosts. Wild real. ghost. Story. Real, real. <laughs>
1: Who knew we were going to tell the same ghost story?
0: It's, I also, did I not know.
1: S- also, I just want to say, like, just randomly, like, did you say that this guy was a bishop, and then he had a wife and, like, eight kids or something? Yeah,
0: they had tons of, more LDS people have tons of children, yes.
1: Yeah, so like, just like, apropos of nothing, the people who had the house after us, it rented from us, for my father mm-hmm. for a long time. It was a priest and his wife and seven kids.
0: Weird. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Almost the same. Oof. Weird. Weird. It's weird. 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 Uh, so that was amazing for the sake of time we're going to completely tone shift if you're ready and talk about and talk about the the man himself the androgyne himself and spook we're, a famous we person's are gonna shark.
1: Spook prince's chart everybody Prince. that's what's, uh, that's Prince.
0: what's uh, Ha. we're gonna spook prince's chart i'm so excited uh this is gonna be a fun moment where we're just gonna riff on prince's chart this is the best thing though is that you you basically when we were in the phone call the pre-interview chat we were mulling over famous scorpios and i was looking at a list on google and i was very annoyed by the list and you just out of nowhere were like prince and then you were like i don't know if he's a scorpio of course though famously
1: a gemini but he's he's famously rising
0: And I love that Mars, which rules men and masculine people, as well as Prince's sign, had the Mars symbol in it. The Mars is retrograde in Gemini. He is a Gemini, so retrograde is we're going back in time to someone who's past. Right. And he's a Scorpio rising. Like we're really Mm -hmm. so his ruler is Mars. Ooh, it's so good. It's right on time to spook his chart. Mm. He's in the he's in the ether, being like, "Yeah, baby, let's go, let's go, baby, let's do it." Honestly.
1: This wonderful little five foot two, demonic, five foot two, really, really talented sex machine is. He like, was a sex
0: I machine. I, I love. So let's start like Scorpio rising. What what do we even have to say about a Scorpio rising?
1: You know, I just have to say, having been raised by two Scorpios, having dated Scorpios, I'm just gonna say like I prefer an imitation Scorpio. <laughs>
0: right? Can I tell you something though about his chart? That's whack. What? Scorpio rising, eighth house sun in Gemini, and an eighth house sun is technically a Gemini with the modified what? Scorpio, because Scorpio what? rules the eighth house. So he's kind of a double Scorpio. Whoa. He's a Gemini with a Scorpio modifier and a Scorpio rising. Like he's okay. very Scorpionic. So anyway. Prince,
1: so Prince's son is in the house of sex, death, transformation. Yes. Right.
0: So there's so, a lens of Scorpio over it. Yeah. So
1: he's giving full on transformation energy. He's a Scorpio rising, which is why he was such a little sex machine. That's why a sex machine. And yes. then what else do we have? What's the moon sign?
0: His moon is in Pisces at my sun degree. So early degrees Pisces. Yeah, uh, so
1: he's like a little secret softy. He's a secret yeah. softy.
0: And that's actually, that that moon in Pisces is why he's such an artist. And he could never have been anything but an artist. Because yeah. his moon in Pisces at two degrees is opposite Pluto in in late degrees Leo. Or, oh wait, is it Pluto in Virgo? Where's his Pluto. His Pluto, yeah, his Pluto's at 29 degrees of Leo, conjunct his midheaven. So he was always going to be famous, but famous in a
1: dark, weird way. In a dark,
0: weird way. Yeah. Yeah. In a way where, so his moon in Pisces is kind of, I don't know what his internal life was like. Like I'm not, I'm not inside Prince, but just looking at his chart as if he was a client of mine, I would be like, this is a tortured soul. Yeah. Like a tortured soul. Beautiful in his artistry.
1: I think his dad was extremely hard on him and, like, made him play, like, instruments to, like, an extreme level of proficiency. And, like, Prince just kind of took that. And, like, for all of his music, he played all the parts and sang in in all of the recordings. You know, like, he did everything himself. He produced his own music. Like, a lot of people who aren't in the music industry and, like, full transparency, I'm not. But like they don't <laughs> understand the role of the music producer, the person that, yeah. like, as you're pulling the album together, is like making a ton of micro decisions. Yes. They pull it together and he would produce his own music. Like he was just kind of this insane genius.
0: Savant. Total savant. Yeah,
1: pull on, but like also so much hard work. I mean, he just worked and worked and worked and worked. Yeah. You know?
0: And that moon in Pisces creates a often creates a challenge. Once you become famous, especially since his is... Like, across from two very powerful fame points, the Midheaven conjunct Pluto in the late degrees of Leo. Like, that's... (laughs) Everyone's going to know you for your artistry. But that Pisces moon, and, and Kanye West, full transparency, has a Pisces moon as well, it can create a very troubled public image or one that just people you often act in a way where people can attack you. Like you have a your your soft spot is very vulnerable once you reach that level of fame because the Pisces moon, although I love that placement for a famous person can be very dangerous. Right. You know? It's, it's emotion- very vulnerable. And emotionally yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And
1: there are also like fame points in the degrees, right? Yes. And isn't like 29 degrees one of them. I think it's like 28 or 29 degrees, right?
0: Well one zero degrees of all the cardinal signs is a fame point. But you're you're right to a degree that the anoretic degree, which is the last degree of any sign, any sign, 29 degrees is considered a anaerobic means critical, which means it it often draws energy towards it. So his Pluto being at the last degree of Leo and Leo is literally the performer on stage right next to his midheaven is like
1: he's magnetic,
0: he's magnetic and people can't take their eyes off of him as a performer.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then isn't his Mars in zero degrees Aries or something? He has a zero degree somewhere.
0: He has a zero degree Aries Mars, which Mars is... There's a few things happening in Prince's chart that are actually bananas. One of which is that his Mars in Aries is exalted. So that is like the cage fighter, which is so funny because he was five foot two, but obviously intimidating. He was intimidating to people. There's
1: like... There is fully a video online where like Michael Jackson is like guesting. He gets brought up on stage and sings that's on someone else's show. And Uh then they pull Prince on and Prince just completely destroys the show. Like he just quietly doesn't say shit, picks up a fucking guitar and just like shreds and like fully upstages Michael Jackson and the entire concert and like crowd surfs away. And it's just like a full demon. And he doesn't even really have to say anything, you know?
0: So this is amazing because as a Scorpio rising, his ruler is Mars. So when you look at someone's chart and you look at their rising sign, you always, the first thing you do is you're like, where's the ruler of that rising sign? So for example, for you and I as a Cancer, we have to look at our moons. Where the hell are the moons? But for him, you look at his Mars, his Mars is at a fame point at zero degrees of Aries. It is also not only at a fame point, but it's in its highest exaltation in Aries, which means that whatever he does, he's doing to perfection and he's beating people at it, winning. Yeah. yeah. So I love that you're like, oh, he took over the show. Of course he did. I also yeah. look at this and I'm like, he must have been a sex god. Like, literally. He like, must have been uh, so good in like,
1: bed. Like, I have not had sex with Prince. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I guess I'm him going have that opportunity. But, like, <laughs> growing up with Prince being everywhere all the time, I'm just like, I just take one look at that guy. I'm like, that's a sex god, right? Huh.
0: Yeah, and he was known for that. He was literally known for, like, seducing people and seducing yeah. women. And he, he was not—he was not masculine in the typical way. Same with Bowie. It's like they both had that very androgynous,
1: like bisexual, like what yes, I, like
0: just omnisexual, omnipresent. Well, I don't like, even
1: really know if Prince was bisexual. Like he might have just been like a heterosexual gender though. Exactly.
0: Which I think Bowie was more that line as well.
1: Yes. Well, Bowie. okay, Bowie, when he was younger, was fully bisexual. Oh, okay. He had male lovers. He was like doing all this stuff, you know, and I think he was that his whole life. But he did end up married to Iman and like, you know, like living that heterosexual life. But when he was younger, he was like fully having sex with dudes. Okay.
0: Tangent Mm -hmm. on Bowie. So the thing I love, uh, Mars, Aries, this is crazy sex god. And then his Venus is exalted in Taurus. So there, his there's his Venus at seven degrees of it's Taurus. A beautiful also, so his masculine and his feminine are both exalted, Exalt, and his aesthetics. There you go. Does that make sense? Like they had yeah. androgene, andro- andro- like he was literally like exalted in both his masculinity and his femininity.
1: And, and neither symbol, are a detriment, right? Because yeah. the symbol of the artist, formerly known as Prince, like his symbol, like yes. has male and female symbol. symbol in it. Yeah, it's like a trans. It's like a proto-trans
0: symbol. It really yeah. is. And he was exalting his own, it's funny, I don't know if he had an astrologer, but I'm like really wondering if he had an astrologer, because yeah. I'm looking at his symbol and I'm like, it is literally Venus crossed Mars right. with some sort of like lovely Mercury thing. And as a Gemini, he's ruled by his voice, which is Mercury.
1: Yeah. His son is Indeed, ruled by right? Mercury. So that's But it's also really like wonderful. Mar- male and female energies mixed together. Mixed together. Ugh. No. I, love. I think he may have designed that himself that's what i, I mean give, no just like sensing the kind of artist where he did everything himself i feel like yes. he probably drew that himself
0: you know? I, he was definitely channeling his astrology is what i love about it i'm just like yeah. that's incredible now the what are the harder like harder parts
1: of his chart yeah, we're gonna spook the chart mm, we gotta find the challenge let's
0: spook the chart I mean, the thing that is really challenging I see about his chart is that his Uranus in Leo at the top of his chart. So it's a very visible Uranian energy. And what does that mean? When Uranus is visible in someone's chart, they're known for erratic behavior or getting caught doing erratic things. It's square almost exactly his Venus and Taurus. And what is Venus and Taurus? Sensual pleasures, sexuality, buying things, feeling good, you know, like. I think of sex and pleasure when I think of Venus. Might have been like
1: sex and drugs. Example.
0: Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. He could not keep his dick in his pants with with Uranus. Shocking Venus.
1: Yeah, that's it. That's it. And it would have sort of because Uranus is the great disruptor, and it's affecting areas in which he has fame points and is magnetic. It's like something that sort of seeps into his the public perception of him too. Yes. You know.
0: And it squared his or Grand Cross, Grand Fixed Cross with his Scorpio rising as well, and shot into his Aquarius house, which is his third house of talking, or I don't know what his interview style was like, but I can imagine, I actually don't know a ton about what he said publicly, but I can imagine that he maybe said things that disrupted the public,
1: oh, uh, definitely. and and made people very
0: uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, definitely. I love people. That. I think people didn't know what the fuck to do with Prince. Yep. You no? Know? Like, not only was his music just savagely brilliant and he's an absolutely a magnetic performer, but he was also, like, you know, wearing makeup and, like, short, black, gorgeous and sexy, you know, like, feminine, masculine. Like, you know, at that time, it's like, it's like, what the fuck? He was born know? in the
0: late 50s. Like, it's wild this to think about. This
1: is what I'm saying. It's like he's born in 1958, you know, and he was this absolute wild revolutionary you yeah. know and i just think people were just like and he gave no fucks i mean no. he was just like bulletproof i mean like of course with the pisces moon we know that there was a lot going on inside but like that scorpio he, rising is bulletproof though with an exalted mars absolutely it's like, like this is what we're doing that's the yeah. end of the story you know yeah. and i think people had to just shape up or ship out like i feel like the world had to mold to prince yes you know and i think in most cases, the opposite is true. Like people mold to like what they think the public wants or whatever. But like people, but like the public had to mold to this pop star, to this like rock star. You know,
0: it his Chiron is exactly opposite his uh, Midheaven and his Pluto in Leo. So that Leo energy was blasting his like little tiny kryptonite in in his third fourth, like close to his fourth, close to his IC, which would make him feel like the fame probably kind of was addicting because pluto's there but like really there's something about it that was super wounded and that and like he had to follow through but it probably was very like i'm imagining that he was psychologically very uncomfortable about a lot of it
1: yeah i bet you said chiron's in the third
0: yeah chiron in his placidus chart chiron is in the late third but in his whole sign house it would be fourth
1: and it would be very close to his IC yeah because the thing is with the and the third is that it's all about communication it's about yeah. like struggling to speak out your message so yeah. given that that he was really communicating his message he yes. must have done like a lot of work on his inner wounded healer and that's like showing like a huge arc and this is kind of the theme of the eclipse right is that like mm-hmm. the areas in which we have greatest wounding is the areas in which we can have greatest healing yeah we can like and authority
0: and like power right. around right.
1: So somebody who literally like People with Chiron in the third, they like have often have speech, speech, impediments. Trouble, yes. speech impediments, have trouble speaking, have trouble communicating, have trouble writing. And then you have this person who's like literally communicating on, on this multivalent Massive way, yeah. mass way. Right. So it's like that's a huge journey for a soul to go on. Yep.
0: Yeah? Yep. I, I love that read on that. Thank you. That was that's beautiful. Like that's actually he and Gemini is Gemini's. Gemini's suns and gemini risings are here to learn how to teach the collective something or speak it because gemini rules like verbal and vocalizing wow. your needs so he his son which is the solar path is your career path in the eighth was like speaking something that spooked that's the collective taboo. that is that's spooky. taboo
1: yeah and that's and how you heal your your inner wound yes
0: And his Chiron was trying his son. So that's actually like lovely. His Chiron was like, yes, you, you get to speak it and you have an exalted Mars and an exalted Venus. So you're going to do it and you're You're going to be sexy as
1: hell.
0: (laughs) 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 And that Scorpio rising, Scorpio risings are so sexy. They're so seductive. You know, I know know
1: Scorpio moons are very sexy too. Oh,
0: Anytime I meet a Scorpio, like, I wonder if there's, let me give some examples of Scorpio risings and everyone's going to be like, oh yeah. Um,
1: there's I something. I feel like a- Chloe Sevigny is a Scorpio. I think she might Scorpio. be. Do you know who's a
0: triple Scorpio? Scorpio rising, Scorpio moon, Scorpio sun. Who Bjork?
1: Okay, bitch. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm saying.
0: Mm-hmm. Grace Bjork. Kelly. Grace Kelly was a Scorpio rising. Um,
1: Chloe Sevigny. I'm telling you. I
0: think Chloe Sevigny. That would make so much sense. Yeah, like Chloe Sevigny. Like- Ye- so Chloe Sevigny is a Scorpio rising. Did you know that?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. you okay. Scorpio Rising. Diana yeah.
0: Ross, Debbie but Harry. he's also a Scorpio
1: yeah. Sun, too. Oh, of course. Know? Oof, Sun,
0: oof, yes. Mesmerizing is the word. Literally, mesmerizing. Mesmerizing.
1: That's it. Scorpio, Suns, Moons, Risings, but especially rising, mesmerizing. Yes.
0: Nicole Kidman, another famous Scorpio Rising. Okay, oof. truly. Also oof.
1: completely mesmerizing. Completely mesmerizing. Think about even the fucking AMC commercial. <laughs> Which is in the US. yeah totally nicole, you're right been looking terrifying and kind terrifying. of and being like somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this and you're like <laughs> you're right nicole and people loved it like they should hate it because it's so silly but like love it every time the ad comes on in the cinema everyone's like cheering yeah People yes. have done like fake perform reenactments of it in their backyard screenings with like Nicole Kidman masks. That's like, the not the, Yeah, the Not All Gemini's Instagram has like a hat for sale that <laughs> literally says somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Like, <laughs> like people are standing the Nicole Kidman AMC theaters at, and so, I'm just like they it's have the, that effect on people. Mesmerizing Scorpio rising. <laughs> They're literally hypnotizing us with their eyeballs. Yeah, like that's she, what's happening. Yeah, she's hypnotic. Yeah. It's oh. Like, <sighs> whew. Wow. Well,
0: I feel good. Do you have anything else you want to say about Prince? Like that was wonderful. Super I'm so I feel kind of gushy and like lubed up after reading his chart. I like he, he did that. He did that from the grave. I
1: just, I just want to say I love Prince. I aspire to be like Prince. That's all I have to say.
0: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm, same. All right. Well, hello, any you, marvel. I love you I too. Love this was you. so delightful.
1: I'm just having a great time. I love being a guest, <laughs> you know? You're such a good guest. I guess you, you
0: enrich know. my life. You channeled the eclipse. Like I'm, I'm gonna look back and edit this recording and being like,
1: wow, Halo fully channeled the eclipse. Thank <laughs> you. It. I popped off. I just yeah. do sometimes. I remember once I was at my friend's house and she had a giant selenite crystal and that's like this kind of cosmic mm-hmm. transmitter, you know. And I was just holding it and I just started spouting wisdom. And they're like, "What's going on?" And then they're like, "You're still holding the crystal." And then I would spout more wisdom, and they're like, "You're still holding the crystal." And I was like, "This crystal's making me too powerful." It's like <laughs> it's like being a channeler while holding an antenna. Like exactly. Yeah. yeah. You're picking up
0: just... cable. You're picking up cable. You're like yeah, I have a subscription.
1: I yeah. ca- psychic cable for yeah. sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're
0: like i've upgraded my subscription so yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so good well thank you is there any final thoughts for the audience you want to say to leave us yeah. on the transition from scorpio season to sag season at yeah. the tail end of 2022
1: i want to say have fun during sag season it's a fun wild time you get to be a little sloppy a little messy but don't forget to clean up your garbage from this eclipse season and be a worker among workers and if you want to follow me at halo.rosetti instagram or
0: Yes, find Halo there. Their work is incredible. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And you can find my link in the show notes. I will also be linking Halo, so you can find all of us there, all the many personalities down there, including Prince, who's haunting this episode officially. Maybe
1: a couple of past, links to a couple of past episodes if you just love the Marvel yes. Halo
0: Dynamics. I will link the past. Yes. Thank you. People have been asking me, actually. I will link both of them. So we're going to do that. That's all for you to click below after you've listened to this wild ride where we went through. It was a haunted hayride. Truly.
1: We did a haunted hayride. Oh, my God. I actually did did. the haunted hayride. I just want to say I recommend it. Terrifying. Slept like a baby after screaming for like an hour. Yes.
0: Your endorphins were shot. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I was
1: like, really cathartic. I like slept yeah. the best I've slept in a long time mm. after being scared shitless. Yeah
0: either sensor- Sensory Deprivation Tank or Haunted Hayride,
1: whatever yeah, you need to sleep. Yeah, whatever votes you want. I love that.
0: Sensory Deprivation Tank is Taurus and Haunted Hayride is Scorpio, Scorpio, but both are trying to get good sleep.
1: You start by doing the the Haunted Hayride and you end with the Sensory Deprivation Tank. That's the Eclipse in a nutshell.
0: In a nutshell, we just did it. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Saving time on my side. <laughs> Alright, Halo, I love you so much. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who's listening to the world of rex i hope you enjoyed this all of the pertinent information is below on your device and halo's going to be back on probably sooner than later so we
1: love it we can't get enough we can't get enough (laughs) all right another chart for you
0: yes oh definitely definitely all right everybody thank you for listening to the world of rex and we will see you next week